Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. I'm Edwin K. Morris. Kyle Youngs is the IT Administrator at the Iroquois Group, a role he has held for the last 13 years. Over those years, Kyle has kept the systems running smoothly and the employees out of harm's way. What's the weakest link in the digital world? What do you see as the easiest way to break into a organization? Easiest way to break into an organization at this time is the user, unfortunately. Most people are up to date with their antivirus and have something in place that detects things. But at this point, the most dangerous part of the landscape is really the user. They're actually the ones letting most attacks in. Can you give me a for an example? What does that look like? The, the best example is email. There'll be some kind of phishing attempt into your email where it disguises themselves as someone you know, or um, somebody that's higher above you that you would react to with some kind of urgency. Mm-hmm. And then they will try to get your password and username from you. And once you give them that, that's like the keys to the kingdom. Mm. They can get in and take the next level to do whatever they're looking to do maliciously. Do you think a lot of the social media uh, builds connectivity for someone to target someone for a phishing attempt? It probably does on a smaller scale. Not so much, at least for our business. We have a social media platform, but it's mainly contained by one person as opposed to mm. you know, a smaller business that might be actually using the, the same platform for personal as they do business. Just being able to monitor it through one person uh, makes a big difference. Well, if an agency doesn't have a specific IT person, who should be looking after the cybersecurity? I would suggest uh, the principal probably of the company. They don't think that they're tech savvy enough. Maybe a next in line is someone that is tech savvy in the company. But to be honest, you really need to put some company dollars towards cybersecurity because mm-hmm. With today's landscape and how everything is evolving and changing, and it's always a new threat around the corner each day, each week, you've got to put some kind of dollars towards it or some kind of training, Mm -hmm. some kind of awareness. That's what I wanted to bring around is that, so if you're talking about awareness and if the weakest link is the user, it sounds like education and training is probably going to be the easiest fix. Yes. I think money-wise, that is definitely the easiest fix. Mm. You can spend lots of money, obviously, grabbing a third-party company that will monitor and maintain and show you um, the best steps to take when it comes to cybersecurity. But at this time, one of the greatest things that we can do is mm-hmm. train our end users to not let people in because that's where the biggest threat is. Does that end up being compounded by the amount of different devices that an individual has access to? It does. Like with a mobile device, you might be in a position where you're not actually sitting and thinking about business at that time. And you get a quick email or something on your phone, you pick it up and you think, oh, I'll just respond real quick to this and be done with it. And unfortunately, that's when people do get in trouble. Going back to that individual level, what should they be doing to protect their passwords? Passwords, there's a couple different ways to to look at it. Some people like to go with like long, complex passwords, that kind of stuff. In my eyes, if you the simpler, you can keep your passwords with still meeting some kind of complexity. That's your best bet. But you really do need a unique password for every platform you use. So just in case if that platform does get compromised in some way, or if you accidentally give out Mm -hmm. those credentials to some kind of attacker, that way it's only that account that's under fire. Maybe next step would be the password manager as well. Once you start to get in the, that you've got many accounts, a password manager will allow you to have to only remember one password. 
while this password manager can actually generate a unique, crazy password that you would never guess anyways, and, and go from there. Walk me through this, because passwords is passwords. That's one key to the lock. So with biomarkers using actual fingerprint, eye scans, all that sort of thing, is there a way that that complexity is easily managed? Well, you're actually starting to, to touch on uh, the next level of it. MFA, multi-factor authentication, is the next level, which really any place where a user can turn that on is where is what needs to be done. So when I say multi-factor authentication, I'm talking it's your password, but then another level that is making sure it's you. So with multi-factor, normally it's an email that comes to you with a code in it. It's a text message with a code. It's some kind of authenticating app that tells you that you're saying, yes, this is me. Yes, I'm verifying it's me. And then those things also begin to start to use the biometrics as well. With everybody bringing their own device to work now, how do you control that? How does an organization control that access? There is some management capability there. I, I go back even one step behind that and say it's really policy driven. And it's it's also training when mm. it comes to your users. When, when you have cell phones and stuff like that, you need to say you have to have a password on your cell phone. You need to only use it with secure Wi-Fi and that kind of stuff, a, a VPN that we offer our end users, stuff like that. That way you're going to the next level. It's not necessarily managing it uh, at a micro level with a piece of software. It's uh, the policies. What would an organization look for uh, if they're trying to plan a contingency, if you will, a digital contingency for an attack. What is an attack? There's many levels to an attack. I mean, there's very small levels of attack to where your email is compromised and now someone's using your email address to fish. Um, but then there's the next level of attack where someone actually gets into your company. Again, this is going to go back to uh, policies and training. When an end user recognizes any of these, uh, and it's an anomaly in the long run. When you see something in your environment that does not look the same or out of normal, that is where you're going to uh, need the end user to speak up. They need to get to the right person, tell them who to talk to, which which person they talk to to get something started to verify. Is this an issue or you know, is it just a, I'm just being cautious? I would assume that is at least addressed in this training and education of all the personnel involved because it's easy to get overcome but just by daily activities and sometimes security and that's what this is security of the data in the system is reliant on that individual out there in the field so that's a constant reminder you have to constantly stir that to keep that in the front of mind absolutely Absolutely. What would be your recommendation for any kind of software solutions or third-party systems out there? When it comes to software solutions, there's, there really isn't a catch-all system without paying lots of money, unfortunately. Using the third-party vendors that suggest up to you, even they'll tell you like it's, it's a many-pronged tack to try to protect yourself. When it comes to what they can do, goes back to the, the training aspect. Everyone has antiviruses. That's going to be your baseline that's going to detect anything. But really, the, the proactive approach is what we always try to do nowadays, as opposed to the reactive, which is when you find something that's in there and you're, you're trying to fix it. The proactive approach is the route that our company and, and most are taking these days to stop them from happening to begin with. Got it. What's the primary driver for all this malicious activity? 
Are you seeing a majority of it being for ransomware? Is it something else? Is it just a interruption of a business? Sometimes I actually sit back and try to think of this myself. A lot of the times it's most of the stuff that we see on our end is so small scale because they're not getting to the level they want to get to. My guess, the bigger goal for them is the ransomware. That's your dollar maker right there. Mm -hmm. We make sure that if something happened today, we're able to go back to Mm -hmm. last night to get us back on the same spot. You bring up a critical, I think, easily overlooked part of this puzzle piece here, the puzzle of protection, is that if you don't do systematic updates and or systematic backups, you're really creating an opportunity for havoc. Yes, because as soon as you don't have something to restore to, that's when you're you're vulnerable. You can't go backwards and start from scratch. That's that's impossible. But when you have that backup or restore point, now you're giving yourself an option to not give in to these attackers. Now, do you suggest to have a hybrid approach for that backup storage, one on-site and one off-site, or what's the best opportunity? If, if you can come up with some kind of cloud backup for your system, that's probably your best bet because that way you get rid of the on-site issue of it. So you get rid of fire, water, all that kind of stuff. The, the cloud backups are normally uh, in more than one server. So there's one on the East Coast, mm-hmm. one on the West Coast. They then handle backups to backup you. And the last thing I'll ask is, what's your recommendation on in- encryption? Encryption? At any time that you can turn encryption on, that's what you want to do. Once again, we're going to go back to training When it comes to training your employees, encryption, whenever using any kind of sensitive information, like a social security number or a credit card, you've really got to train them to send encrypted emails when it comes to that part. On the other side, your IT is most likely is already handling encryption on websites and that kind of stuff too. But when it comes to the end user, that's where that knowledge is important as well. So your recommendation is, especially for personal information, if you're using email, that's a very open opportunity for pillaging, is putting that information through an email system. Exactly. The encryption is just a way of making it so it doesn't come through in what we call clear text. Clear text is something that goes across the internet exactly as how you wrote it or typed it, and anyone can see it that way. When it goes through encrypted, it's, it's all jumbled. There's an algorithm that's put in place, and, and then it's ciphered on the on the back end to to make it readable again for the user but in transit it's not able to be read just walk the dog here with me does the virtual private network encrypt it automatically well the virtual private network is already kind of taking its own step because now you know where that data is going so it has really nothing to do with encryption at that point it's the fact that it's now on a network that you control as opposed to a Wi-Fi that's at a Starbucks. You know, you could technically be on, you know, some guy in there that's doing the exact thing with a key logger and mm-hmm. and just copying everything that you write down. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you're on the VPN, you're actually on a, a a controlled network. Okay. Well, thank you for the great information. I'm sure it'll hit a lot of folks at this time with cybersecurity issues are in the news daily. Thank you very much, Kyle. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois, your trusted advisor for all things insurance. And remember, get out of the office and sell. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I invite you to join me for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast. Podcast.